0: Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 17th of September, 2023. This is your host, Nigel Creaser, and today we've got part one of my interview with Andre Papenjak, the Agile Coach. Hi, it's Nigel again. Um, If you are listening to this, that means that you are listening to the old style of the podcast. Um, You may like the old style of having it split into two pieces but i know some of my listeners didn't so what i've done i have created the option for you to be able to listen to everything all in one go you don't have to wait till next week you could get it now. Uh, at the moment it's just on spotify we'll be coming on patreon as well um cost you was it three quid plus the vat i think it is um over a month and that means you get the whole thing all in one go so uh the other advantage That'll be coming out on a Sunday. This one, you will notice, have just come out Monday. Wouldn't make a big difference, really, but there you go. You've got it. Um, you've got that choice. Helps me uh, in, invest in um, uh, better equipment and uh, maybe uh, a few other bonus items going forward. So if you can spare, essentially, a cup of coffee uh, once a month uh, and you get the benefit of getting it earlier and getting it all together. So um, pop along to Spotify. Spotify. Uh, have a look in there where it is, and there's there'll be a, a little lock sign against um, one called number 132 slash 133, John Henney, the voice coach. And that's the combined one, and you should be able to click on there, do what Spotify tells you to do, to register and put all your payments in. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, the, the only thing, if you have done that and you did do it, I don't know if I get details on it yet. It's very new. So send me. Um, ping me a message through whatever medium uh, you can get hold of me, and you'll get a mention on the show. So, again, thanks very much, and uh, let you carry on with the show. Cheers now. What's been going on? Um, I am now back off my summer break, um, and uh, yeah. Two weeks in, busy at work, and uh, been flexing those muscles again. Uh, All those ones you let go a little bit, and then um, it is interesting how, when you get back into an office, you need to reset and rethink about what you're doing. Um, Otherwise, you can end up just being um, overwhelmed by the stuff that's there and kind of get back into using those tools and techniques to keep yourself. Uh, Organised and uh, yeah, that's been interesting. Um, back at playing bass guitar again from a more personal point of view, I've uh, been playing around with BandLab and with my my fellow uh, people learning. Um, that uh, yeah, we're enjoying. I'm enjoying it as, as I've said before. But again, it's kind of trying to put a bit of structure on it. Johnny, that looking from a well-being point of view, of it really gives me a little bit of a those hobbies that allow that creativity, allow something different to what our normal day job is even though using some of the tools that we would in a day job of of uh, uh, coordinating stuff, thinking about stuff, planning stuff putting time in diary to be able to do some of this practicing and things like that which also brings me on to, and I may have mentioned it last time, I've got an interview coming up in a few weeks with um, uh, Anara who is has written a book I didn't say Anara's second name because I keep uh, butchering it
1: uh,
0: um, Because I'm not very good at it um, But I will um, Did it okay on the actual podcast um, But she written a book called uh, The Little Project Manager uh, And it's uh, aimed at helping kids Between sort of I think she said sort of five and, and, and Teenage age To learn the skills of project management and, and I think it is another demonstration That These skills are usable in our lives all over the place and for our kids especially to help them deal with when they're doing GCSEs, when they're doing their high school and all those sort of things and then to university and then to practical stuff um, that practical skill of looking at the problem and trying to break that problem down into manageable pieces into uh, actionable tasks is just fundamental in life and we, we know it and people learn it but through osmosis you don't learn it, you don't get taught it I think it's a really good um, to do that, and and coupled with that, as uh, I've mentioned before, that Steve Wake from uh, former uh, chair of uh, APM is pulling together a uh, a symposium at the moment um, to look at creating a equivalent of the high school, the GCSE in the UK. Qualification in project management which I'm, I'm hoping to get involved with um, but he's, he's calling out for, for volunteers to help with it, for people to be able to influence it contribute to the actual content creation, people who are also interested in testing etc or promoting it so um, if that sounds like something that floats your boat um, search for Steve on LinkedIn or look at my LinkedIn and you'll find some links where I've forwarded it on and I'll put a link in the show notes and uh, I'll find a link of some description. Um, so if you want to get involved with that, that'd be great. Uh, what else is there going on? Writing, no writing, not done any. Thinking of November, using NaNoWriMo. Some of you may have heard me mention before, where it's uh, trying to write 1,000 words a day, or 1,600, trying to get to 50,000 in, in a month. Contemplating using that to finish off the book, um, or in, in in grand style to do a different one. Uh, the other one runs on the Sunday Lunch Project Manager pod podcast, as I say straight away, it flows off the tongue, but the original idea of this and the name came from an idea of a book called The Sunday Lunch Project Manager, um, which uh, kind of looks at project management, looks at it from a perspective of governance and uh, where to and, and how you apply the right governance and a little parable hopefully hopefully it'll be amusing as well and I really do need to finish it since I named everything I do after it um, and yeah so I have got that podcast wise loads of really good interviews in the bag loads of really I been mean, there's a couple which I from early on in the year and unfortunately I had problems with the recording and I've been trying to fat them and by not having stuff going on in the summer I've managed to fix them both, I think I've just got to do one check on one of them, um, which is great. They're two great interviews, so they'll be out in the next few weeks. Um, uh, a couple of new ones I've done recently, and I've got pretty much I think it's four or five new ones uh, to do over the next coming weeks. That's going to, I've easily, when I've done those, I've easily covered through into next year um, and they're starting into there, so that's uh, really good at this point of the year, September having the f- whole year pretty much done uh, so content is coming to you guys um, as quick as I can get it to you really um, so if you any of you guys out there are interested in being on the show please let me know um, pop along to zcal dot call co sorry zcal said slash Sunday lunch p.m and uh, there's a calendar there. Pop it in, we can have a pre-chat and we have a full chat afterwards. Um, depends how you want to play it, We will go straight into it. Just let me know what kind of topics you want to talk about, a little bit about you. Um, and we can uh, set something up, which would be fantastic. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'm going to let you have a listen uh, to uh, to Andre Papagnier. So speak soon. Bye. So I have a number of sponsors, affiliate links, um, in the way that it's set up, um, that have kindly allowed me to uh, um, share their services. Really, the first one um, is Mike Clayton, and Mike runs PM Online PM courses, and it is a great resource for um, getting those. Fundamentals of project management, uh, trained, reasonably priced, uh, and Mike um, presents it in an accessible and um, uh, clear manner. Um, you can check out some of his um, uh, videos on, on his YouTube channel and kind of give you a view of where they are. But uh, the the code for that, if you go to NigelCreaser.com/slash online PM courses all all one word, lowercase, that'll redirect you to it uh, there's very different levels that so you can um, buy you can buy individual courses, you can buy pathways as well if you like um, and I get a kickback off oh, those, uh, Mike kindly uh, shares me that so um, if you do jump on and use it, I hope you find it really useful um, I think he has money back guarantees and things like that as well so it's very limited risk um on that so uh jump on that and that again it's com slash online pm courses and enjoy i am delighted today to welcome andre papignac to the show um andre is an agile coach and scrum master extraordinaire who's re- is revolutionising businesses and igniting collaboration with his unrivaled expertise in agile methodologies with an unwavering dedication to unleash the true potential of companies andreas left an indelible mark on esteemed fortune 500 giants including apple h&m group volvo scania group and cult Te- technology what truly distinguishes andreas is his exceptional talent for orchestrating workshops and fostering a culture of teamwork alignment and perpetual growth. Uh, with this unwavering commitment to cultivating safe and inclusive environments, he empowers teams to engage in transformative dialogues and innovative problem solving. Andre, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Nigel. It's my pleasure to be with me, you today and have a discussion about Agile and the transformation of um, which we can see a lot of uh, companies going through when they're implementing Agile and also digitalization last few years. Yeah, it's... I um, share a little bit... Go on, sorry. Yeah, I want to share a little bit of story about me. As I mentioned, working for big international companies, my background is uh, also IT. I used to be the IT guy, called as the IT support engineers. IT administrator responsible for IT infrastructure. I was helping with, you know, a lot of day-to-day tasks in the companies and also users struggling every single day. I wasn't able to uh, have a big impact outside of the team, IT department and management and stakeholders. So lately I was introduced to lean and later Scrum when I saw the potential how Scrum can help companies be more productive and also deliver value the service which is more meaningful for their customer, right? And I was working as a Scrum master and um, later when today I'm agile coach, helping company with agile way of working and also coaching uh team members.
0: Brilliant. It's, um, Agile is, is something that I, I've, I've been knocking around the project management uh, arena for, what is it now? I'm trying to work out the maths, 20, 28, six years, something like that. And obviously in the last, I'd say 10 years, Agile is, as a methodology, as a, an approach has, um it's funny in project management, it's not a project management method, but it's kind of been co-opted by, a lot of people as it being a profit project management method it's the um that uh, i'm sure that everyone on the on who's listening to the show is aware but for those who aren't it, it sort of had its form the agile and scrum had its form sort of way back in the 70s with dev teams rather than it dev teams and it's kind of morphed into this beast um around the world and uh i suppose I think it, with, with me, it's kind of, I look where it is now and it's come a long way and lots of businesses are, um, we're agile. But they want to be Spotify. They want to be one of the big IT companies, the, the Spotify approach or whatever, all these different things. And and it seems to be a, a, a lot of businesses go, right, send a load of people on, uh, get them Scrum Master certified and a couple of product owner certified people and right then we're doing agile now. And then everything they throw around it, they they don't change the business to be agile. They just change projects to be agile, which is the wrong thing. And have Adrian on the, on Adrian Pine on the call, who I know is, is ferocious on LinkedIn with people around when they start talking about, um, uh, agile as a project management methodology versus waterfall but you've got that that approach of agility but that other rigid rigid reporting and how they crash against each other and I, I struggle with that coming from that traditional um approach to project management and then i i want to know when you're going to complete something um but that's the wrong question i know that's the wrong question but the organizations that i'm in always want that same answer and uh, i guess with you agile coaching organisations you get that tension a lot it's kind of the few, how do you, how do you see organisations really changing agile in the future
1: well i can see the same kind of confusion as you mentioned they see agile uh, as project management and i think it's most of when company try to just plug in the scrum or Agile way of working, sometimes we use Agile way of working as buzzwords, but when I end up in the companies and I see what they've done, they don't even sometimes follow the Agile manifesto and the Scrum values. I think it's our message of uh, Agile coaches, Scrum masters, Scrum trainers, to spread the message, what is Agile, what are the values of the Agile, and also make a better meaning of the agile in the world, right? As as you mentioned, there are a lot of people on LinkedIn and other social platforms where they're recorrecting people. This is not project management, it's agile is methodology, and agile has 40 plus frameworks which are used in a different environments from software manufacturing to marketing to HR departments. And I think it's the future of agile is also kind of you know agile. It's also very adaptable. We can see it as last few years when COVID hit, everyone has to work from the office. Recently, like, uh, collaboration tools like Zoom, Miro, Mural, and others really increased the uh, users you know numbers, and this also changed the way as we work. Because in the office, we have to use these digital platforms. And there was some, so much education on it. Like everyone want to contribute, provide value. And I saw that where a lot of people want to collaborate. Yes, we have the Zoom or Teams, but coming back from have the service or product in front of us, and have instead the digital form is becoming very challenging. And that's the place where the HI coaches will jump and help the company with this transformation. Sometimes this transformation is forced by digitalization, right? And COVID was one of the biggest movement of this. And recently we can see this also coming back slowly to the office, but teams are collocated across the Europe, across the world. So that means some of us, we are in the office. Some of us we be working from home or different offices. And again, we need these digital tools to help us to collaborate together. And this is the place where also the Scrum Master or Agile Core step in because we are ha- wearing a lot of, uh, responsibilities, but also heads, right? So we are the trainers, we are the coaches, we are the mentors. Sometimes we are the facilitators. And I see when facilitator is more needed than never before, because I have a lot of friends and colleagues who are working and they always complain, we're spending hours and hours in the meetings. There is not output, there is not where we should follow, we don't know. And that's the place where the facilitator which is kind of one of on the heads of Scrum Master and HI Coach can step in. Data even show in research where research was done in the United States and to show four to eight hours employee spending meetings which are not necessary, which also reflects the the company losing about $25,000 yearly on these meetings which are kind of almost useless so it's our message of agile coaches make this uh, more efficient and also agile it's flexible it's adaptable to almost every environment
0: it's interesting you talk about the, the meetings I've, I've seen that situation where and maybe it's the environments i've worked in but sometimes where you have uh, everyone it, like the whole concept of right we've got a team they're a great team. We've got a scrum master, and they're they're working across three or four teams. So our agile coach working across three across four teams. The scrum master doesn't need to be at all of the daily stand ups, but they do tend to, in in my experience. But then everybody wants to do their their uh, daily stand up at nine fifteen every morning. So you've got people with six, five, six different project teams that they're scrum master for all meeting together and they can't ever attend all of them at the same time. Uh, whether they should or not is another question entirely. And that, that's kind of a, again, it's kind of, it's a little bit of um, drifting into that agile at scale kind of conversation, isn't it? Where actually, if you've got a team, you've got them all there, they're delivering it. That's great. But when you've got those same people on three or four teams, because they're, they're an expert across something that's probably goes against the, the concepts of managing it that way. And if they're bringing in, you haven't got a team that just brings in work that comes into them. They're, they're formed to deliver one specific thing, but it's not a full-time thing. So they have other things that come into a hopper, but they're separate scrum teams. How do, how do you, how have you worked with those sort of scenarios?
1: I could say it's quite challenging. Uh, this environment is quite agile, especially for scrum masters. If we have one scrum master responsible for more than two or three scrum teams or HI teams, sometimes we call. I think the scrum master usually spend more time over a new form of scrum teams, where the scrum master is more needed. After a few weeks or months, uh, this uh, scrum team is more efficient, so the scrum master is not needed every single. Daily scrum or stand up. That's the place where he can spend more time in the new teams. Also, it's good to sometimes show up and not to be there, or even sometimes listen and be in the background and give them feedback. You know, once they finish the daily scrum, because the scrum team can run the daily scrum or stand up without scrum master. Scrum master is to just to help them, to guiding them, to sometimes give. Uh, the good direction, right, towards uh, accomplish the spring goal, not to have this kind of traditional three questions uh, stand up, which was kind of also sometimes like status meeting for many of them. At least it's my experience. And lately, like, we have uh, options where the Scrum Master is also software developer, you know, and that can be options when the team lead can have a, uh, the background of the IT guy and also be a scrum master. That's also an option. It's not that common, but uh, it's also good, and uh, to have have it. I was in situation when I was a scrum master. I was responsible for multiple teams, and one of the team lead want to be become a scrum master. So I gave him some um, training education. He got through certification after a few weeks. Uh, actually two three months he was able to really step in and take over. So I was very satisfied how he performed when it comes to daily scrum and later retrospective and other scrum events. There are a lot of other challenges but there are way how we can solve this. Of course I can see a big enterprise companies they hire scrum master for multiple scrum teams and this is very challenging. I believe a scrum master can handle two Maximum three Scrum teams. It also depends how many members of Scrum teams we have there. It
0: makes sense because at the end of the day, you, you uh, and I've tried to do a little, We tried to use some of the Scrum Master training that I've had on projects, but we haven't been running proper Agile teams, so it hasn't really, it, it, we've used the tools rather than become p- properly Agile. But I, I, I can see the point of where if you're really going to be, it, it's difficult sometimes to look at what the, the role of the scrum master is, and people get confused of that with that, and that that role isn't just to make sure everyone attends the meetings and set up the meetings and do that kind of thing, is it? It's it's to be there to help solve the problems outside of those stand ups. So you have your stand up, and then outside it, right? That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Right? So they can work with those individuals to to unblock them. And sometimes we all get dragged into those conversations of where you've got a fifteen minute. Stand up that lasts an hour because you're trying to solve the problems in that call, in that call or in that meeting. Instead of going, are you blocked? What do you need? Okay, I'll come and talk to you later. I'll come and talk to you. because you know, that's what we're meant to do, aren't we? As a scrum master, we're meant to listen to what's going on there. If there's something that's blocking someone, that's when our ears should prick up, or they should be telling us on their Jira board or whatever. I'm blocked on this. I need your help. What can you do about it? Sometimes you're blocked externally, and then you can't do anything about it. But but then maybe you can. I don't know. It's it's it feels um, it feels sometimes as if you tr- there's a tendency to want to try and discuss the false topic in the session, and and I've seen that tension between team members who. Really want to go in, in and out, go on and get on with the role, and others who are quite happy to say, Well, yeah, that's it, but this is the issue, and then try and detail the full issue and try and solve the problem in that conversation. How do you, how do you deal with those situations when you experience?
1: Thank you for sharing with me. I was. Also one of this situation quite recently and i can see like people who want to talk they want to express themselves and that's quite difficult in 15 minutes uh events right that is scrum i think to give space each person like eventually like the same time for each person it might be an option also like people who want to talk, they like to sh- share a lot of stories. Maybe if they can be like, straightforward, more direct, you know, and also like address what is the blocker or stopping you to address the spring goal. And if you don't have the time, you are able to connect with other members of the team after the daily scrum. And this is the space when you can collaborate and s- solve the problem or on individual level with a group of people instead of all of them, because there might be some problems when they might need some, you know, decision from the product owner or managers. Okay, that can be addressed there. But if something small things, it doesn't stop you, but it's a problem that can be addressed after daily Scrum. And I think the Scrum Master is also there to say, can we please shift this topic and focus something what is the more more important daily scrum and with something else, more detailed that we can discuss it later. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure because companies, they like meetings, right? Uh, Sometimes I had the members where they say, sorry, I don't have time. I was called from our manager to be in other meetings, collaborate on other teams. And then I see, okay, The manager doesn't know their daily scrum. The scrum member of the scrum team, they should be there. So I have to stand up and talk to the manager. Please don't call our developers during our daily scrum. I was also in one company where they say from 9 to 9.15, this is the dedicated time for every scrum team. They have the daily scrum or stand up. We do We can't have any meetings as managers with them. So dedicate time and some talk, even outside of the scrum team, managers, stakeholders. Make dedicated time for it.
0: Interesting. So that in that instance, it's you. You. They're reserving that time in that organization. That's when they have their scrums. Or was that one where they suggested that and it didn't work? What was that? Was that?
1: There was a lot of interaction with managers. They want to pick up a software developer or a member of the Scrum team, at any time. And as I mentioned, I was in the situation where I missed half of the team because they were in other team activities or meetings, which was more important okay, yeah. according to managers. So I t- yeah. So I have to really talk to them. And I said, no, there's a dedicated time. It's just 15 minutes per day. From the eight hours we used to spend in the company, is very little time. Please give us the time. Well, just one example.
0: Yeah, it's funny, and it? it's—it's. There are a lot of things that, as you say, are important. Um, that people deem more important, but its, it's typically they're more urgent rather than important. Um, if you, um. It's having that habit of it being that that time when you do it and you do it every every day, and I've been guilty of it myself. Where when I was at a session, that I just but but I think the the thing there is how do you how do you do that at an organisational level? How do you get maybe it's a step back from that when you're going into an organisation and they are. Saying right, we're agile or we want to be agile, and they have have a either a preconception of what they think agile means, which is incorrect um or what they've implemented so far they said we've implemented agile it's not working we don't think it works and then actually you you'll go in there and find that they've not implemented agility within their organization what do you what do you do when you go to organizations like that?
1: Sure. So when I'm going to organization, I have a conversation with them. I ask them what Agile means to you, right? And uh, with their answers, I can see what it's Agile in their kind of eyes, in their world, integrated in their company. I also even ask, like, what kind of framework do you use, you know? And this kind of questions, and these questions leads me, okay, they're lacking with, you know, Agile where are working, they're lacking maybe some expertise, maybe they have their own scrum masters. They don't know how they are skilled, you know, uh, where they were working before, and this kind of things. So when organization is implementing Agile, ask them about Agile, also which frameworks uh, you are familiar with most, right? And then we usually choose the frameworks. Um, I'm starting from the top management uh, stakeholders even go the, the, to the teams later. And also I ask them, like, if we're using Agile, have you done this organizational restructuring, right? Because like project management and uh, waterfalls, you know, they like the control, you know, from the top, the managers to the employees. But in Agile, uh, we promote more self-organizing teams where managers should trust the Scrum team. And I see this kind of uh, many organizations is lacking. So, and the organization is very important to make the team more autonomous so they can uh, freely sometimes take even decision without management, right? So, but it's also like I see, when the management try to do this, but they don't trust the Scrum team, the product owner even sometimes, and I think that's an even bigger problem. They have to create a trust. You know, to create a trust, that some psychological safety should be also, you know, be there of course. That's the next step. So, so we maybe choose the frameworks. Uh, we maybe done the organization restructuring or we are willing to make the organization restructuring. And then later I'm um, educated um, management and also scrumpting what are the agile principles. So I'm going a bit deeper, maybe form of workshops, you know, practicing. And later when we go deeper and um, department by like departments, later... Uh, we form a scrum team. We establish uh, the uh, roles, like agile coaches. If they have, if they have scrum masters and product owners, so this is kind of uh, kind of important, right? So when we have these uh, roles introduced, uh, some people go to the certification, education, and training, as mentioned before. Then we go uh, more on the individual level, where we also talk about agile practices, incorporate agile practices into exciting workflow, introduce sprint, and going to product backlog, and this kind of things. And um, this also includes Scrum events. And of course, we we have these roles. Uh, we know what our responsibility for product owner and also developers, UI, backend, frontend, and even others uh, roles, then we can also, you know, we need also some tools. What tools they are using? Is this tool suitable, you know, to have a product backlog, sprint backlog, many big organizations using like, different services, ClickUp, you know, Jira, and a few others. Sometimes they have to make decision to make something more suitable or open to test some other tools, which is more suitable for the um, software developers, for example. It's manufacturing might be other suitable software. It sometimes depends uh, what technology they are working with and also what is the service or product. So... Mention Agile tools as the collaboration, as mentioned a few minutes ago, Miro, Miro, and others. And then uh, we have the tools. We have introduced roles. And we also running first sprint. Sometimes we just have sprint zero just to try. How is it, right? And then we take from there and continuous improvement, right? We're running um, Scrum events. And we also learning um, from our mistake, so continuous improvement part of Kaizen right, and also Agile, we review and reflect to make always better uh, improvement. Be open for feedback, which is part of also retrospective one of the events, and then um, me as Agile coach providing support for Scrum teams and. Uh, and management as well. And that might be like a few months or even over a year. It really depends, um, you know, which framework they use and how big is the organization.
0: It's yeah, interesting because it is um, – I think some people think it's a quick fix and it, it takes time to to get an organization, to get a team Uh using these processes and using them in a way in an effective way and modifying the way they work together just to correct stuff and you've got to go through a number of iterations in order to understand that and it might be at the end of that sometimes at the end of that project you've got a really humming team and then boom they've got off to the four winds, and then they don't come back again how do you how do you how do you in in your creating those self-managing teams how do you make sure that the, those teams are performing quickly and are able to um, uh, trust each other, which I think is one of the key things there, and, and kind of um, work together as a unit rather than in, as individuals. What do you do to solve that?
1: Yeah, that, that also depends. <laughs> sure. That also depends on the side of the company, even the department, right? Sometimes we start the uh, agile transformation in one department or a few teams we see how the goals it get very really well we we spread to other departments. And then we can also use like if this scrum team is really work very really well after a few weeks or let's say three, four months, they can be example to other teams, to other departments. So they can motivate others. Right? They can uh, invite others to some Scrum events like sprint review and see how uh, the scrum even looks like and what is it to just get the feeling. And uh, we also might have some workshop or collaboration together so they they can learn each other. So we, in, we introduce the agile in for a few teams and uh, one department, and then we can spread it um, even more, but slowly. And also like a big organization, it's also important they have more than one agile coach, right? So one can focus on management, whether on Scrum team or even stakeholders. Um, it's a lot of responsibility and also we have to collaborate. It's, it's challenging but it's possible. And uh, yeah, I mean, usually when the team used to work with software development and with some tools, it's quite mm-hmm. e- take less time, from my experience, uh, working and implement Agile. If the Agile is completely new and they're switching for waterfall, it takes longer. There might be some resistance for some employees. Why are we changing this? Why are we using these new tools? Why are we going to sprints, you know, compared to finish one thing and then start other one and other one? instead of being in loops for two or four weeks and get you know, feedback improvement and always you know, get a better with way of working. The, as I said, bigger organization takes longer yeah. and is more challenging. And also if they're willing to, able to, to learn something, you know, if there's resistance, it's take longer. I also was working organization where they choose one framework they figure out after one year it doesn't work then we have to switch something more not the trouble something simple
0: another great sponsor of the show he comes in the form of Air Manual Um, Air Manual is a well it's a tool for documenting process which um, and best practices um, uh, it's It's a company formed by one of my interviewees, Alexis Kingsbury, Um, essentially, uh, and I I kind of summarised why my view of where we see documentation, a lot of my experience has been people will document something, a process, they'll put it in a a Visio diagram that gets loaded onto a SharePoint site or something similar And then a bunch of that. So then, once that diagram has been shared with senior management, they're happy they have a process in the business. But then the the detailed procedures underneath it might be in word documents, uh, just poorly kept and not linked easily and not updated. And what Air Manual does, it allows you to put in a. It's a tool for doing this kind of thing. You whack it in. Uh, the service in there, get in there, put in your process, your flow, and you build it down to its lower level of detail, even to the point of checklists, where people can check off they've done it. So it creates that um, uh, guided checklists, um, easy to create, easy to maintain, and all in one place, and no one's kind of rooting around to find the SharePoint, and then when you change to new SharePoint services, and all that stuff, it's all there. So if you pop along to nigelpressa.com slash airmanual, um, it's a bit more detail there, and a link there to click on to uh, go and get. I think uh, they offer a trial, things like that. So uh, uh, it uh, it it's something that I think uh, can easily um, reduce the amount of errors, rework, etc. Within our organisation. So um, yeah, take a look. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Andre and um, come back next week for part two. Speak soon. Bye. Uh, My latest, uh, the the latest affiliate that I've got on the show now is Riverside. Um, I use Riverside to do my interviews, Riverside FM. Um, it kind of offers you know, a whole, if you like, micro studio management producer tooling, and, and, and goes beyond that. has a really good free layer <clears throat> and I, um, I've been using it for a while now. I find it really good. When I've had issues, even though I'm not on one of the higher paid levels, the support has been quick, responsive and, and, and of high quality and, and people keen to help me. Uh, the organisation is really good. The product seems really intuitive. Um, and quality is really good as well and the clever way of doing it is when you're you're recording through your browsers so you are not got loads of desktop resources being used compared to some other products that i've used Um, and what they also do is they do a um, they stream a a lower quality version of it up onto uh, as you're doing the interview so you're not burning bandwidth while you're doing the interview and potentially uh, impacting on the quality of the conversation uh, and then at the end, it uploads it uh, the the higher quality from your browser. Um, I mean, it, it's just a really good way of doing it. So, um, if you are um, thinking of doing a podcast and you doing a podcast, the, I, I would recommend using this tool. I found it really good, best best of the tools that I've tried using um, today. And you can get that nigelcreaser.com/slash/riverside, and that will redirect you to. Uh, my kickback page uh, on their site, and there uh, I will get a little kickback uh, from them. So um, take a look. Thanks. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. But you're thinking, "Ooh, I wonder what the next bit's going to be." Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Um, you heard at the beginning of the show where i said uh, there's a way around that so if you're really itching and you want to hear the next bit of uh, this show uh jump down to patreon have a look find the one that's got a little lock on it click on it and you'll be able to get the second half uh, along with the first half all together and you you won't get this annoying bit or the annoying bit at the beginning that i just uh, done as well um so yeah give it a go it's only a price of a coffee Cheers. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye.